Good morning. Let me welcome you to Crossroads. We are excited that you're here, and hopefully you recognize something that has been gone for probably more than a year or so. It's the worship guide. It has made its reappearance. Uh, that's the place where uh, we communicate with you the announcements, the things that are important to us that are important to you. Uh, and again, I know uh, as habitual Crossroads attendees, we can be really bad about not filling out the tear-off, but I'm asking you today, or at least the next week or two, for those that are attending on a regular basis, if you will, fill that out so that we get up-to-date and current information on you so we can enter that into our data system so that if there's a problem, we can reach out to you. We don't come see you and unexpectedly, that's just not who we are, but we do wanna know how to get in touch with you if we need to. So over the next week or two, if you'll fill that out and drop that in the offering bucket as you exit the auditorium, it would be of tremendous help to us to be able to update your personal information. If you're visiting with us today, I mean, I encourage you to fill those out every week. Uh, again, it's just important to me to see who's here. Uh, again, we're in a different place than we were pre-COVID. It's kind of, we're kind of ramping back up, kind of getting back to where we need to get back to, and we want to move beyond that. But we want your information. Uh, and, and so if you're visiting with us today, fill that out. And don't worry, we're not going to come, you know, see you on Wednesday night when you're in your underwear watching The Survivor or whatever's on. I don't watch much television, but, you know, uh, I do watch HGTV, which I love. So anyway, again, fill that out. And when you exit today, one of our guest service team members, those are the people with the lanyards. They'll be stationed at the doors or in the lobby. And they'll take that tear off from you. Uh, if you were with us last weekend, we started a brand new kind of the post-Easter series, and we started it with a premise. And the premise was really that we are all sinners, that we're all born sinners. We're not just sinners because we sin, but the premise was we were born in Adam. And Adam had made a decision, and the decision that Adam made was the decision to do something that went against God. But we talked about it last week. If you've made the decision to accept Christ into your life, Jesus Christ into your life, and you've made him your Lord and Savior, then you've been taken out of Adam and you've been placed in Christ. This can be hard to believe. But, but when you became a Christian... You were taken out of the life of Adam, or, or you could say it another way. You were taken out of the life of sin, and you were put into Christ or placed into Christ. And now all that is true of Christ is true of us. And again, if you want more information on that, you know, to kind of study that, look at, look at, look at 1 Peter. But, but now we are partakers now we are partakers in a divine nature. We are now brand new people. Let me see if I can give you some clarity here. When, when you were in Adam, you had the same kind of relationship to sin as the relationship that Adam had to sin. Because Adam, I want you to hear what I'm saying, Adam was a slave. He was a slave to sin. But once you were placed in Christ, you now have the relationship to sin that Christ had with sin. Your relationship with God and sin changed when you became a Christian. When you became a Christian, 
a follower of Jesus, the power of sin, listen, listen to me this morning because you need to understand this, the power of sin was broken in your life. And now you're free. As a follower of Jesus, you are free to be everything that God created you to be. Everything he's called you to be. And some of you are sitting there saying, either in this auditorium or you're watching us or listening online, and you're saying, Randy, yeah, but. But I look at my life. We look at our life and we look at our lifestyle. And you're telling us that we're free because we've been taken out of Adam and we've been placed into Christ. But let me ask you a question, Randy. Why is it that I still feel so temptable? If I'm so changed like you're talking about I've been changed, then why do I still want to do the things that I want to do? If I'm so free, then why do I feel like a slave? Because practically speaking, Randy, I still feel like a slave to sin. So I want to know. How can this new relationship with Jesus Christ be reflected? How can my relationship with Jesus be reflected in my lifestyle, in the way that I behave, in my thoughts, with my family, with my spouse? How can that be reflected when I'm on the job? Well, I, I want to go back to what the Apostle Paul had to say about this. As, as last weekend, we, we were in the book of Romans. Uh, and this morning, we're going to go back to the book of Romans. So let's look at Romans chapter 6. If you have your Bible, if you don't, that's not a big deal. Because again, uh, we're going to have it always on the screen for you, provided that the computer is always working like it's supposed to. But we're going to Romans chapter 6, and we're starting at verse 10. And if, if, if I don't know, it just sounds like to me, my voice sounds a little weird. If a little different than what it normally does, but it's the pollen, let me tell you. So it's, uh, 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 we have some people that I, I've met out there that are visiting from Illinois, and they were talking about taxes. Well, we don't have taxes like Illinois does, but we have pollen. So <laughs> anyway, <coughs> it's getting me. Uh, and again, this is the, the Apostle Paul teaching. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. Here's what he says in verse 10. He says, he died once, he's talking about Jesus Christ, he died once to defeat sin, and now he lives for the glory of God. So you should consider yourselves dead to sin. In other words, you're not a slave to sin anymore. So you should consider yourselves dead to sin and able to live for the glory of God through Christ Jesus. Now here's the thing that Easter's all about. This is the thing we need to remember. When Jesus died and resurrected, on the third day, he broke the power of sin. He died to the power of sin, and that power has been given to us because we placed our lives in Christ. That's so good. I mean, the power has been given to us. And then Paul says, he, he really gives us a different way to look at sin. 
And, and I don't know that you've ever thought about this, and, and I'm going to be honest with you and tell you this morning, it may sound a little weird, and you may think this is a little strange, but I'm going to totally encourage you to give what Paul is saying a try. Paul gives us a different way to, to, to really to think about sin and a different way to think about ourselves. Look at verse 12. Romans chapter 6, verse 12. Paul says, do not let sin control the way that you live. Do not give in to its lustful desires. I love this next verse. Do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, Paul says, give yourselves completely to God since you have been given, look what he says, since you have been given new life and use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Now, again, you, you may not have seen this, but Paul begins in his teaching here, his talking, by treating sin like it's separate. It's a separate entity. Because if you look at what Paul just said, he begins by addressing sin like, like sin is a thing. He, sa he says, it's, it, it, it's not me or you, it's a thing. He almost per personifies it. Don't, don't let sin rule in your mortal body. Now, here's the thing you have to understand. Sin does reside in your body. If you're still a follower of Jesus Christ and you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have placed yourself or you have accepted Jesus Christ and you have been placed in Christ, the thing that you have to remember is sin still dwells in your mortal body. But don't let that sin that resides in your mortal body, what Paul is saying is don't let that reign in your life. Don't let it reign over you. And here's the very reason that this is so important. And for many of you, let me tell you this morning, for many of you in this auditorium and those watching and listening online, this is going to be a whole different way of thinking about this. Because if you will learn to think of sin as a separate entity than yourself, then you will begin to more identify with God in Christ more than you identify with sin. If you will learn to think of sin separately, as a separate entity, than yourself, separate yourself from sin, then you will begin more to identify with God in Christ more than you identify with sin. See, here's the thing. Let, let, me, let me kind of make this personal. When we start to think, you know, how your mind starts to think, or, and I'm just going to do it from a man's perspective, when, when we start to think as men, ooh, I'd really like to be with that woman over there. But I know that God wouldn't want me to do that. But I sure would like to. And we get in this battle. 
It's what you want to do versus what God wants you to do. It's the battle between what I want and what I think God wants. And then we have to understand, this is the place where I think that Satan has deceived us. Because here's the thing, if you're a Christian, listen to me, track with me on this. If you're a Christian, then your identity is no longer with sin. Your identity is with Christ. You are in Christ. You have been taken out of Adam and placed into Christ. So what does that mean? It means that your identity is no longer with sin. Sin is not you, and you are not sin. You have the same relationship that Christ had with sin because you are in Christ. But when you're tempted, you think, you know, I want to do this, but God wants me to do that. And Paul is saying, whoa, 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 time out. That's not you. That's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, time out. That's not you. That's not even what you really want. That's not you. You will identify with sin that dwells in your mortal body, or you will identify with Christ. And Paul is telling us, I want you to understand, I'm telling you in this teaching, in what we've just read, Paul's telling you, I'm telling you, you're dead to sin. That's not you anymore. Quit identifying with sin. It's not you. Listen, this is going to be a truth here that's really going to open some eyes. It's not you against God. But instead, it's you and God against sin. And of course, here's the thing you have to understand. Sin is always going to appeal to you through your senses. Think about that. Sin is always going to appeal to you through your senses. Why would it do that? Because it resides in your body. But here's what we have to know. You are more than your body. Your body houses you. But you are more than your body. Now think about that. And while you're thinking about that, let me ask you something. Isn't it true that in the midst of temptation, it's like when when you're tempted, it's like right in the middle of temptation, you're thinking, you know, I want to do this, but I really don't want to do this. I mean, that's that's the way sin is. You're thinking, I want to do this, but I really don't want to do that. And the good news this morning is this. If you're a Christian, that I don't want to, that's really you. That's really you. The I want to do this is your body. It's your flesh. 
But see, when that happens, we get so confused that we often identify with sin. And in that moment, we miss what God has given us in Christ. And what we just read a moment ago in verse 13, I love when he says, don't let any part of your body be used as a tool for sin. And again, what he says there is, is so good that we, we really need to understand what he's saying. I mean, let me put it into context. Let's, let's say you get home after church today. And once you get home, your husband, your wife, they do something that drives you absolutely nuts. And you know what sin's going to do? Sin's going to come to you. And they have done something that infuriates you. And sin is going to say, hey, 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 can I borrow your mouth just a minute? <laughs> and you're just going to unleash on them, blah, 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 blah. Because you listen to sin and you said, sure, just go ahead. And you're like, sin, take it in my mouth. And you're like, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and are you, do you follow what I'm saying? I mean, that's what happens. And then sin goes to the spouse after you've done that and says, hey, can I borrow your mouth a minute? And right back at it, blah, 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 blah. And then sin goes to your children, to your teenage daughter and says, hey, I borrowed their mouth. Can I borrow your mouth for a minute? And sin takes over their mouth as well. Or maybe it goes like this. You're walking through the airport. Lots of people, lots of beautiful people. And sin comes to you and says, hey, can I borrow your eyes for a minute? And you say, sure. And sin is taking over your eyes and you're looking around and you're like, whoa. And then sin says, hey, can I borrow your mind for a few minutes? And you loan your mind to sin. And 10 or 15 minutes later, you're like, oh, I wish that I hadn't done that. So which are you? Which I are you? Are you the I that wanted to look? Or are you the I that didn't want to look? And Paul is saying, that the I that wishes you didn't do that, that's you. The I that wants to give in to sin, that's not you. It's the sin that's taking up residency in your body. The sin that's saying, loan me your eyes, loan me your mouth, loan me your mind. Here's what Paul's saying. You've got to understand, you can say no to that sin. You don't have to continuously present yourself to sin. And again, to me, this is the biblical way of looking at it. Sin comes to you and sin says, you know what, I want to borrow your mouth. But God says you can say no. 
You can say no to sin. Sin cannot have your mouth. Let's continue to look at what Paul says in verse 14. Paul says, sin is no longer your master. For you are no longer subject to the law which enslaves you to sin. Instead, you are free by God's grace. So since God's grace has set us free from the law, does this mean we can go on sinning? Of course not. Don't you realize that whatever you choose to obey becomes your master? Now look at what Paul says. You can choose sin, which leads to death. Or you can choose to obey God and receive his approval. And what Paul is saying here is he, he wants his audience and he wants us to know we're not, we're not under the law anymore. It's true, we're not under the law. But even though we're not under the law anymore, it doesn't mean that you and I can go out and do whatever we want. Now, no, no, notice what he said. He doesn't say that if you go out and keep sinning, he doesn't say you're not a Christian. Very important. He doesn't say that if you go out and live your life and you keep sinning, that you're going to go to hell. This is really important and something that I think we all need to see in this text. The thing you have to understand, listen to what I'm saying. I'm going to point something out that I, I don't think many of you have seen here. Paul never questions their salvation. He questions their knowledge. He says, don't you realize, don't you know that whatever you choose, whichever choice you make, whatever you choose to obey, that is what is going to be the master over you. Paul is saying that when you do sin, when you think you're doing what you want to do, that, that you're acting independently, You're not on your own. You're making yourself a slave to sin. You think you're doing what you want to do, but that's not true. Because sin has disguised itself to you. Sin is like he thinks he, they think they're doing what they want to do. So when you turn your back on God, you're making yourself a slave. You're making yourself a slave to sin. When you say no to God, you're saying yes to sin and making yourself a slave to sin. You think you're acting on your own. Listen to me this morning because this, this is a different way of thinking. And again, I know it's going to be weird to some of you. You think you're acting on your own, but it's not that way. You will either make yourself God's servant or you will make yourself sin's slave. 
And here's why this principle of freedom in Christ is so tough for many of us who have been Christians for a long time. As long as we offer the members of our body to sin, practically speaking, we're going to be slaves to sin. For all practical purposes, we're slaves. So when you read those scriptures that tell you that you're free from sin, you're like, well, that's, that's not my Christian experience. And Paul says the reason that hasn't been your Christian experience is because in your independence, you've been deceived. You keep presenting yourself to sin. So you are like a slave to sin. And then you look at these scriptures and you look at your life and you think, you know, there's something wrong here. There's something wrong with God or there's something wrong with the Bible. Because we think that once we become a Christian, once we are taken out of Adam and placed into Christ, there should be something fundamentally different about the way that we feel. We think that our flesh or body would act differently. But that's not true. Let me, let me, let me just tell you something. You can be the most committed Christian that there is. And you will still be temptable. The fact is you have been set free from sin. But sin still resides in your mortal body. So that means that you are going to be tempted. Did you hear me? You're still going to be tempted. Even though you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, sin still resides in your body, and you're still going to be tempted. You're going to be tempted to be angry. You're going to be tempted to, to want more stuff than you already have. You're going to be tempted to lust. You're going to be tempted to be selfish. Because listen to me this morning, there's deceit involved. And I want to show you what that deceit is. Look at the screen behind me. Here's the big deceit. Even though you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and been taken out of Adam and placed into Christ, since you, have you, since you feel that you haven't changed, then the deceit is, well, since I don't feel like I've changed, then I might as well just go ahead and do it. Since I feel like a lustful person, and I feel lustful, then I might as well just go ahead and lust. I might as well just do something about it. 
since I'm jealous and I feel jealous, then sin says to you, then I want you to identify with the feelings that I'm going to bring up in your life right now. That's what sin says to you. Sin crouches at the door and sin says, you know, I want you to identify with all the sinful feelings that I'm able to bring up through your sinful body. And I want you to identify with those feelings so closely that you think that that's actually you. But God says, whoa, 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 whoa. God says, whoa, that's not you. You're a different person. You do not have to present the members of your body to sin. But if you do, God says you will continue to function as a slave to sin. When in fact, you've been set free. You're free. And you know what I've been praying? What I've been praying is that as you read or as you pray, that all of a sudden some of you will be like, finally, I get it. It's sin. Sin is the thing that's trying to control me. I function as a practical slave to sin because I continue to present the members of my body to sin. And I thought it was just me. I thought it was just me being me, but that's not me. Because I have been placed in Christ, I'm a new creature. Look at verse 20. Look at verse 20 of chapter 6. Paul says, in those days when you were slaves of sin, you weren't concerned what doing, uh, with doing what was right. And what was the result? It was not good, since now you are ashamed of the things you used to do, things that end in eternal doom. But now you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. When you were functioning as a slave to sin, let me ask you this morning. When you were functioning as a slave to sin, what did you get? What did, what did you get? When you were functioning as a slave to sin, what did that get you? I mean, think about it this morning. Well, what has sin brought in your life? What has, it brought, what has sin actually brought into your life? Pain? Regret? Guilt? So why would you continue to present the members of your body to sin? When at the end of the day, you know what's going to happen. It's going to be painful. It's going to be regretful. It's going to be misery and guilt and shame. Why would you say yes to sin? And then turn around and ask yourself, why did, why did I do that? 
And what Paul is urging us to do is to just take this and think this through. Because sin is our enemy. I mean, think about it this morning. All of us in this room, everybody watching online, everybody listening online, you look at it this way. Sin has always resulted in our greatest regrets. It's always resulted in our greatest pains. But we have an option. When you begin to identify with who you truly are, then the quality of your life is beyond belief. Why would you not want what is actually true to become practically true in your life? I mean, think about that. Why would you not want what was actually true to become practically true? If you're here this morning, say, I want that. That's you. That's you. Identifying with God who has placed you in Christ. Now, here's the thing that's going to happen. You're going to leave here this afternoon or this morning, and sin is going to come to you. Sin is going to say to you, that's not you. This is you here. Let me borrow your mind. Let me borrow your eyes. Let me borrow your senses. And sooner or later, you have to say, sin, stop right there. You cannot have my eyes. You cannot have my mind. You cannot have my mouth. Sorry, sin. I'm not doing that because I'm not who I used to be. Things are different now. And here's how this applies to you. If you're here this morning listening online, watching online, and you're not a Christian, here's what I want to tell you this morning. You can be set free. I may not know much about you. But I know that you are in Adam if you're not a Christian. And if you're in Adam, you know what that means? You are a slave to sin. And the stuff that you hate about your life, you can be set free from that stuff in Jesus Christ. And if you put your faith in Jesus, you can be placed in him. And when you put your faith in him and you are placed in him, you receive a new life. Just like it said in verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. You can be set free if you're not a Christian this morning just by placing your faith in Jesus Christ, accepting the gift of salvation. Now, maybe you're here this morning, and you are a Christian, and you know what? Maybe you're, you're, you've been presenting the members of your body to sin so long that you're like, you know what? I just like my sin. And if you're a Christian here this morning, a follower of Jesus, Jesus and you like your sin, I've got good news for you this morning. If you're a Christian and you like to sin, and here's the good news. You're not going to go to hell when you die. But you stay in sin long enough, you're going to bring hell to your life on this earth. Here's the third thing. Some of you say, I want to be free. 
I'm a Christian, but sin has been ruling my life. Then two things I'm going to encourage you to do. The first thing is this. Just pick a member of your body. Pick the member of your body that consistently gets you in trouble. What's the member of your body that constantly gets you in trouble? I'm going to tell you what it is with most of us. It's most of us. It's our mouth. And give it to God. Give your mouth to God. Sin has asked permission to use it. And again, if sin has asked permission to use it, and you've been saying yes to sin, then just tell sin this morning and from now on, sin, you don't have permission to use my mouth anymore. Give that member to God, the member of your body that's been causing you to sin more than anything else. Just start there. Move from your mouth to your eyes, to your thought process. One at a time, just give them to God. Here's the second thing I'm going to encourage you to do. Start doing life with other people. Get a group of people around you. Because it's in groups, that's the place where sustained life change is going to occur. The challenge this morning is this. Would you just grab hold of this truth and live it? And dwell it, dwell on it, and pray over it. Because I want to experience what's true of me. What's actually true. I want what's actually true of me to become practically true. I'm in Christ. I'm a new creature. I know that I'm actually free. So now, help me to become practically free. Would you bow your heads this morning and pray with me, please? God, it's so easy for us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, to, to still be slaves to sin, to miss the freedom that's made available to us in Christ Jesus. For some of us in this room this morning, we've never placed our faith in Jesus Christ. For some of us here listening, watching online, we long for the freedom that other people are experiencing or a taste of the freedom that other people are experiencing. And here this morning with every head bowed, every eye closed, maybe you've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can do that today and you can walk out of here in freedom, in Christ, taken out of Adam and placed into Christ right where you are. With every head bowed, every eye closed, you just simply pray these words after me. God, this morning, I get it. I see it. And I long for the freedom that's made available to me in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. For him to be my savior, for him to be my leader, to be, for him to be my forgiver. And God, with questions aplenty this morning, I still believe that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life, and I place my faith in him. Let me tell you, if you prayed that prayer, let us know that by writing something, filling something out on that tear-off. There's a place where you can indicate that. For the rest of us as followers of Jesus, as Christians, maybe we haven't experienced the freedom that we long. Maybe what's actually true hasn't been practically true in our lives. And that's what we desire. Then start identifying the members of your body that have been slaves to sin. 
and give those to God and tell sin that they, he will not rule and reign in your life anymore. God, we come to you this morning, our Heavenly Father, trusting that you will do everything that you say that you will do in our lives, that we can experience the freedom and walk in that freedom and live in that freedom. What's actually true will become practically true. Those are the people we want to be. The people who are making a difference with our lives. Expanding the kingdom. God, do what you want to do in this service, in the lives of these people. As we ask this prayer in Jesus' name.
set free. We want what's actually true to be practical. 